0: I'm going to share some of my role models. Why role models? Because people keep saying that what I do is inaccessible, that it's hard to do or it's too extreme, that they need to balance things. Like, yeah, of course, they don't want to travel, but they got to do stuff for work or something like that. Or they want to not pollute, but they got kids, so what can they do? What they're lacking is not the ability to do it. What they're lacking is role models. I don't compare myself to the average American in the things that I do, because Americans are about the most polluting people in all of history. At the beginning, I did. But each time that I take a step in less polluting or less flying or less packaged food, each time I take a step, I find more people who have done what I'm doing before to a greater extent. I compare myself to them because don't you want to live more by your values? I certainly do. And so I find people who are living by those values more. And I'm still balanced. I'm just like everybody else. Everyone who thinks, well, I have to balance this with I have to balance that. I do too. Everyone does. Life at all means you're going to take in oxygen and exhale carbon dioxide. You're going to use stuff up. I do too. Everybody does. We all do. The question is, do we just accept balancing things how other people do by their values? Or do we try to live by our values? If we're polluting more than we want, do we try to pollute less? Because in my experience, each time that I try, I move a little bit more and I find new role models. I found myself still balanced, but I like my life more this way. All right, so who are my role models? I picked out, I think, five or maybe six of them. Oh, and by the way, this is community. You start forming community with people. You don't lose friends if you stop eating junk or stop flying. You get new friends. I mean, you don't lose the total amount of friendship in your life. You find new role models. You fit in with them. And your connection with them is greater because you all are living closer to your values as opposed to living far from your values and trying to figure out how to Get around and make excuses for each other. Okay, the first and this is in no particular order, but the first one I'll mention is B Johnson. She's been a guest on this podcast. She is the author of the Zero Waste Home, which I read and recommend, as well as four TEDx talks. I recommend watching all of them and tons of videos online. The big thing here is she has a family of four: her, her husband, and two sons, and all of them together produce less than one load per year of trash. I'm sorry, did I say load? One mason jar of trash, the entire four of them. She is my go-to response for whenever I talk to people about not polluting that much. One of the most common responses I get is, oh yeah, you can do that, but you don't have kids. If you had kids, then you'd understand what you do is impossible. Oh sure, maybe possible for you, but not for me. Well, she has two kids, And avoiding garbage brings them together as a family. They get closer. They love what they're doing together. And at the beginning, it wasn't the case. Her husband, her sons, they weren't quite as into it as she was. And over time, they got closer as a result of this. As will anyone who tries instead of just claiming helplessness. Her book on zero waste living led me to find new waste to get rid of in my home. Tons of it. I didn't really think of it. For example, cutting down on mailings. I just would get all this junk mail You know, when you own a home, you get a lot of mail on like, I don't know, I guess your credit's really good. Maybe other people get a lot of mail too. Now when I get mail, junk mail, I email, call, or find websites where I can cancel the stuff that I get, and my mailbox is almost completely empty. I get almost none of the junk mail that I used to, and it is so liberating. I can't tell you. It's like it gives you control over part of your life that I just thought I could never have control over again. Also, her TEDx talk on why we should recycle less is the first big public statement I know of to avoid recycling as much as possible in favor of not polluting, since recycling is basically, well, it's polluting unnecessarily. Of course, all living requires polluting, but recycling is closer to full waste than to benign. Her clean home and her family camaraderie inspire me. I mean, if you look her up, you'll see lots of pictures of her home. It's beautiful. It's stunning, in part because she has less stuff, in part because... Well, that's her family, that's her style, and I'm trying to move closer to that. So she's been a guest on this podcast, and she and I email periodically. Chris Decker, his site is called Low Tech Magazine. I consider it one of the best websites on the internet. It inspires simple living, minimizing relying on fossil fuels and other new tech stuff. But he's he does tech, he's techie, he's I think an engineer, a writer. But he also doesn't have extra stuff. And he, he finds out how we used to do it. He shows what's possible, especially like things that we used to do, often easily, but that we, that we replace now with fossil fuels. Like, we used to be able to move, we as humans used to be able to move 100-ton blocks of stone for buildings, for pyramids, for obelisks, things like that, without fossil fuels. We would grow plants before greenhouses, keeping them warm. And many fun things and interesting things that we've traded for a sedentary, polluting lifestyle. You know how it took decades for people to realize that building roads created traffic, not relieved it. I mean, we've all sat in traffic and thought, "Oh, if only there was an extra lane, I could get out of here." Well, they used to think that, and then we realized that building traffic's creates. I'm sorry, that building roads creates traffic. He finds similar patterns all over the place, like how the push for energy security is making our energy and us less secure, and that increasing efficiency often leads to greater total waste. He shows examples of this throughout history and throughout our lives now. And he often, he shares a lot of really interesting things that people are doing today that get around technological challenges that don't use fossil fuels that do interesting things. I mean, I'm blanking on them now because I'm talking to a microphone, but things like You know, instead of using a dryer, using a clothing rack, except lots of other things, things that you just wouldn't think of. And he finds examples of these things. And he does what he talks about. For example, he runs a solar-powered web server. And it works great. You can go to it right now. If there's not enough sun for a couple days, it doesn't work, which is interesting. I'm sure that if it were really critical, he would find out ways to make it work more without that stuff going down. But right now, he's got a web server that's solar-powered. It's just the sort of thing that he does. He finds things that you can do that way. He installed a shower that uses a fraction of of the water that a regular shower would, and therefore a fraction of the heating. And that one he didn't do himself, but someone, a student, I believe, from the Netherlands, sent him a kit for him to do it. But the point is he does it. He does lots of things like that, and he shows what's possible, and he shows what's easy and fun if we just learn what people used to do, if we apply low tech. And from a systems perspective... He's looking at things from a people perspective, not technology will solve everything. But how do we solve this issue? He shows a low-energy future is possible and desirable and fun and creates community. I emailed him to be on the podcast, but I haven't heard back yet. Next, Lauren Singer. Lauren Singer was a student at NYU. Her TEDx talk was probably the first that I saw of all the peoples here, so it inspired me early. And I believe that she cites, I think I remember her citing B. Johnson as a role model for her, that when she first started reducing her waste, that she found B. Johnson. She was the first person that I'd heard of, of creating no more than a mason jar of landfill waste per year, which enables me not to compare myself with the average American on my waste, which is meaningless because they're about the most trash-producing people in history, but to people like her who found ways to pollute a lot less. And students of mine, I remember, knew her, or at least were connected to her. I forget the details of how that worked out, but, you know, they knew who she was. I invited her as a guest. We haven't finished coordinating, but I hope to have her on soon enough. She started a store for products in Brooklyn that replaced disposable stuff. So instead of getting disposable razors, you can go to her place and get a quality razor that lasts a long time and won't, you know, it's not disposable. And she's got lots of things like that. I met a couple of her employees from the times that I stopped in her store From the time that I cooked for 50 people in Brooklyn North Farms with almost nothing to throw away after. So I look forward to meeting her in person, having her on the podcast. Next is Rob Greenfield, also a guest on this podcast. His YouTube channel is the best source of his work. So as with everyone, I'll put a link to his YouTube page. With everyone else, I'll put links to whatever the most important thing is. His videos remind me of uh, Morgan Spurlock, the guy who did Supersize Me, in certain ways. They're much more homemade. They're not super produced for a theater release. Rob is nearing the end of a year eating only food that he grew or foraged. So he's living in Orlando, Florida. He's living in someone's kind of backyard. And you can see all this on his videos. And he planted a whole bunch of plants in that person's yard and some neighbor's yards. And only what he grew himself were foraged and foraged from wild. So that means if there's someone else's tree that they planted, he wouldn't get it from there. He would just get wild stuff. Earlier, he did a lot of attention-getting stunts, I would call them, to call attention, always to call attention to our culture's waste and how we could do things differently. That's how I saw it. This project shows a level of maturity that tells me that there's significantly more to come from him. He rides his bike a lot. I've actually considered moving to Orlando to participate in what he's doing, especially when I interviewed Orlando's mayor. I haven't posted that one yet. It's still being edited for this podcast. He's been a guest on this podcast, and we email periodically too. And the last of the role models that I'll mention here is Dave Gardner. He is the host of the Growth Busters podcast, which talks about how we've over-consumed, I'm sorry, how we've overpopulated the planet, the problem that almost no one is talking about. He's also run for office in, not Denver, in Colorado, wherever he lives in Colorado. And he's one of the only people I know of to actively and loudly promote reducing The population, which is to say, reducing the birth rate, not eugenics. If everyone out there is like, oh, you want to reduce the population, that means you want to kill people in eugenics, you're Nazis. I don't know where this people have that knee-jerk response. No, it's about lowering the birth rate. And this is his passion. He's taking on one of our biggest taboos, or sacred cows, which is also perhaps the most necessary change to pull out of our mess, our environmental problems, if we're going to pull this off, to lower the population by lowering the birth rate. It may also be the most misunderstood or overlooked part of our environmental problems. Nearly every environmental problem I see, when you trace it back, traces its roots in some way to overpopulation. And we're constantly trying to find ways of fixing this and solving that without touching that there's too many people on the planet for the planet's regenerative processes to restore. Sadly, people assume that because the population is increasing and not quite the rate it used to be that's not it's not reducing it's just increasing less quickly that people think that that's because of that that things will be no problem neglecting that my understanding of the science is that we are over the carrying capacity of the planet now so if we're over the capacity now that means it doesn't matter how much we slow down we have to get it lower or there will be inevitable and imminent collapse. That's what it looks like to me. I don't think any, that's what nobody wants. So I forget if I mentioned, he's been a guest on this podcast. I've been a guest on his podcast and we email periodically. Oh, and I have to mention also, for my home cooking and my windowsill garden and my getting vegetables and fruit from scratch, I have to name my mom and my sister as the two people who garden and from whom I learned cooking from scratch from. And so that rounds it out. So it's my mom and my sister, Dave Gardner, Lauren Singer, Chris Decker, B. Johnson. I recommend looking up all of them. I'll have links to their prominent stuff in the text. Thank you very much. I hope you make these transitions and you find these role models work for you as well. I hope perhaps that I might be a role model for you. Spread the news and I hope that you'll enjoy the new communities you find as you live more by your values if you value clean air, clean water, clean land.